You are listening to The Gateway Church, located in Ferrisburg, Michigan. You can learn more about us by visiting thegateway.church or like and follow us on Facebook, where you can watch full services, keep up with all that is going on, and get connected. Well, we've been in a series called Now What? Everybody say, Now What? Right, and we've been saying, have we ever been in a situation where you didn't know what to do and you've asked the question, oh, now what, right? Or you've ever wanted to move forward but didn't know which way to go, you say, now what, right? I, I, I said, if you come to the fork in the road, you've got two ideas. Um, it, someone said after service, I, I said, well, we, you might say, now what? But they said, no, I was always encouraged at the fork of the road, you pick up the fork and uh, you eat. But uh, anyway, uh, but anyway, today we're going to answer the question, now what? With the caveat, I am a parent now what? And I already asked how many dads we have or how many parents we have in the room. And uh, I don't know about you, but when, when I was first a parent uh, back 21 years ago, holding Reagan in my hand, I'm thinking, oh, what have we done, right? Like, then, then they send you home without an instruction manual, and uh, that can be tough. But I'm wondering how many parents in the room, and you don't have to raise your hand, have ever wondered, now what? What if I stink at being a parent? Now what? Or what if I mess up my kids? Now what, right? Or what if I pass on my own dysfunction? Or what if my kids aren't smart? Like Forrest Gump said, you know, uh, like, oh, is he smart? Yes, he is. It's great. I love that. Or what if I can't provide for my kids? Or what ifs? What if? What if, right? And the truth is, is parenting, it comes with a tremendous amount of responsibility. Uh, there's a tremendous weight to the idea of being a parent. And the truth that is hard for some is that you become a steward of your kids. It, God has entrusted you with your son or with your daughter. And so the pressure's on. And the, I love the fact that when we were first parents, we didn't have it figured out. And you probably didn't have it figured out. And the the, the reality is, is none of us are qualified to do what we're called to do, but with only with God's help can we do anything. And, uh, and so this morning, uh, I want to recognize that when you decide to be a parent, and, and I mean decide to be a parent, I, I've heard people say, well, uh, we're pregnant, it was an accident. I'm like, no, no, you know how that happens. And, uh, but when you decide to be a parent, you're actually fulfilling a commandment from early on in Scripture, Genesis chapter 1, verse 28, where we were encouraged to be fruitful and to multiply and to fill the earth. And that was not only intended for Adam and Eve, but that's intended for us to be fruitful and to be multiplied. And that command comes with a tremendous gift. Psalm 127, verses 3 through 5 says this, Children are a gift from the Lord. Logan, you are a gift from the Lord, and that is the truth, and they are a reward from him. Children born to a young man are like arrows in a warrior's hands, right? And then it says, how joyful is the man whose quiver is full. And whether you have one child, or you have lots of children, or maybe you've adopted a child, or maybe somehow you've uh, just inherited a child, or, or maybe you're, you're helping out raise some other kid, whatever 
whatever the case might be, it is a blessing, it's a gift to be able to steward, to help in these situations. But the thing that Jessica and I have learned for 21 years now is that there are stages of parenting and there are different challenges along the way. For some parents, that baby stage is the hardest. Man, when you are not getting sleep and you're used to your sleep, it's like, what have we done? Will this ever end? Will I ever get to sleep in ever again? And, uh, and But that stage comes and goes for most of us. Uh, for uh, some others, it's the toddler stage that's the most difficult. When your kid starts to speak and understands the two words, but why? But why? But why? But why? How many were there, right? They're just so curious and you're like, all right, I need to go shut the door and lock myself in the bathroom for a little bit because I'm sick of hearing, but why? How many have been through it? Come on. I, yes, thank you. Our elementary, when your kids are starting to work with friends or with school issues or adolescence, where at least in our case, both of our kids lost their mind. And uh, or now our adult kids, right? And you guys both have adult kids. How many have adult kids in the room? All right. So yeah, there's a bunch of you. And, and I've uh, we're just dabbing our feet with this with our daughter. She just graduated from, from college. And uh, it's like, okay, uh, it's a different stage. It's coming with different challenges. And uh, our kids apparently still need support, you know, at, at whatever. And uh, I guess we still need support. And so it, it's a challenge along the way. And today what we want to do is, is talk about parenting from a big picture standpoint. I thought, okay, if I had one message on Father's Day to talk about parenting in this Now What series, what is the one thing that Jessica and I have held on to? And it's interesting, what I'm about to share, I can't even remember when we first were encouraged to do this, but, uh, but there's, there's some things that we've learned along the way. And before we get to the main point, I do want to say that uh, for uh, there are uh, families that are broken, and uh, there are families that look different, and I, I get that, but the best case scenario is when a healthy marriage is together raising children, and really the parents become a gift to their kids, and I do want to say that if you're in a broken situation, or maybe you're a grandma or grandpa raising kids, or, or maybe you're, you're, you've adopted some kids, and, or maybe you're single. Uh, you can still, you are a gift to your kids. But we got to remember that before your kids came along, you were a family unit. This is important. This is something we've learned, and this is not the main point. But I want to say that the kids are a welcomed addition to your family. The kids cannot be priority number one. Now, do kids rewire our lives? Yes, right? It's our priorities change, our routines change, our emotions change, and our finances certainly change. Can I get an amen? amen. Yeah, yeah, I know, I know. I know, I get that. And it is what it is. But if there was one thing, what's the goal in raising our kids? What would, our, what would it look like? And what comes to mind for a lot of people is the idea that, you know what? I want to develop great kids, right? I want to have a great kid. This idea of developing great kids, like we want them to get along with their friends. We want them to do good in school. We want them to, to you know, be on the sports team, or we want to do these different things. And on the surface, this idea of developing great kids looks pretty good. But I want to submit to you that developing great kids 
falls short. In fact, the big idea for today is you're, we're asking, all right, I'm a parent, now what? What would the priority, what would the goal be? Instead of developing great kids, the goal can and should be developing great adults. We are not raising kids. We're raising great adults. And having a long-term view makes all the difference. Stick with me here. This is something that Jessica and I were encouraged in that raising of great adults. It's the training. It's the discipling, the developing, the nurturing. And you say, well, where do we turn when we want to do those types of activities? We turn to God's Word. And it was interesting, as I was studying for this, the realization came to me that Jesus, in his teaching, never directly talked about parenting. And I, I mean, I dug. I'm like, what in the world? Not directly, at least. He didn't do that. But when you look at God's word in its entirety, there's a lot to talk about with parenting. And one of the classic scriptures is found in Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 1 through 9. And we're going to turn there and uh, spend some time there, and you can find it there. But let me just give you a little background. In De Deuteronomy chapter 6, by that point, the children of Israel had been wandering in the wilderness. They had sent out the 12 spies. We know a couple came back with a good report. Now they're ready to move into the promised land. And uh, in chapter 5, uh, they're, before they move into the promised land, they're given the Ten Commandments. And, and so they, they're saying, hey, this is the law. This is the way we should go. And in verse, or chapter 6, verse 1, let's pick it up there. It says, now this is the commandment, the statutes and the rules that the Lord your God commanded me to teach you, that you may do them in the land to which you are going over. So they're crossing over into the uh, promised land to possess it, that you may fear the Lord your God, you and your son and your son's son, by keeping all his statutes and his commands, which I command you all the days of your life, and that your days may be long. How many want to live a long time? I know I do. Uh, I want to live to 120. If that's another story. We'll talk about that another time. But, but if that's the case, uh, it says this is how you do it, right? Here, therefore, O Israel, be careful to do them. That's the laws, right? That they may go well with you and that you may multiply greatly as the Lord your God, your Father, has promised you in the land flowing with milk and honey. And then he continues in verse 4. Hear, O Israel, the Lord your God, or our God, is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your might. And these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. Everyone, put your hand on your heart. Say, they shall be on your heart. Good. You shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk about them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand and you shall... Be the uh, frontlets between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. I love these nine verses in regards to what it means to be a parent, to raise great adults. And I want to dive into it. And the first thing that we see is that it is our responsibility as parents to give instruction. Everyone say it. You have to give some instruction, right? Right. 
I know that kids don't come with instructions, but we're to give instruction, and it's never ending. It goes on and on and on. If you're newly uh, parent, you're teaching your child to eat and then to sit up, then to roll over, then to walk, and then to talk, right? And then you have this long view, and as their kids grow and get, have some understanding and they can understand and listen and obey, you start teaching them the golden rule, and you teach them the Ten Commandments, and you teach them how to act in school, and, and then you're teaching them to observe different things. You, you want to teach your kids as they grow a little older the benefits of hard work and how to handle their finances and how to obey the law of the land. And practically, you've got to teach your kids how to order their own food. So at 17 years old, they don't have to, I don't have to order food for Logan anymore starting tomorrow. No, I'm just kidding. I just, no, no, just kidding. Just kidding. And the list goes on and on and on. I'm in trouble. How many know that when you're parenting, especially with young kids, the days are long, but the years seem short? And we have realized that recently. Like our daughters graduated from college. Like what in the world has happened? Well, we want to raise great adults and we get this idea of instruction from God's word. We're to instruct our kids in the way they're supposed to grow to grow up. In Deuteronomy 6, 1 through 3, it says that your children and their children, so they would fear God. That's why we're giving the instruction, so that they may, may enjoy a long life. The priority is to give instruction so your kids become a productive member of society, right? That's the goal. We want our kids to thrive and to pro the and what's great is that when you understand Scripture and they, you really dive into this, is that your kids really will bring increase and there will be promises fulfilled in their life and in your life when you're bringing good instruction. And good instruction will raise great adults, but there is two problems that I see when it comes to raising kids. The first one is our problems, parents. The, pr the problem is, is that we, as parents, don't always get it right. How many parents can acknowledge that? I hope you can. And the truth is, some of my ugliest moments are linked to raising Logan and Reagan. Times I've blown up, times where I let fear get a hold of me, or insecurities, or my anger, and it can be ugly, and I'll spare you the details this morning, but uh, that, that certainly is the true, that I, parents, we don't get it right all the time, and that's just a hard reality. The, the other part of the problem is that our kids, they don't always get it right either, and all the parents said, amen, amen, amen. it's just kind of the way it is, right? But with that, the truth is, is that the more consistent we can be as parents with consequences and following through, uh, I'll tell you, the, the better our instruction will be the longer term and those types of things. And, you know, I, when you're at the grocery store and you hear the mom, I'm sure this never happened to any of you, saying, I, I'm going to count to three, and if you don't get back in this cart, you know, or if you don't stop crying or whatever, and uh, you know that that mom is going to count to three and that kid's still going to be screaming, right? And it's like, uh, yeah, I mean, we've all been there. And the truth is, is be it's 
because parents don't get it right, kids don't get it right, we're all human, and, uh, it's, it, but it's, it just is what it is. Um, but if you have a long-term goal of raising great kids, or great adults, not just great kids, um, that's where the priority changes, and it starts with instruction. And the instruction is where you get the hard work and the good students, and you're following the rules, um, and all of those things will aid. But just having the right instruction is not enough. You also have to deal with the heart of your sons and daughters. And we pick it up in Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 4. It says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, all your strength. These commands that I give you today are to be on your hearts. And what mattered most in our family growing up, what matters still most in our situation with raising our kids is our kids' heart. If your kids' hearts are right, then things are okay. We had battles uh, at times where people uh, would, would question our parenting. Uh, this is, this is kind of comical, uh, and this, this person doesn't go to our church anymore, but my daughter at age 15, I was told, uh, got a nose ring. And uh, when she came to church, uh, somebody in the church said, uh, said, man, I didn't know pastor's kids had nose rings and like like she was like some oddity or something like that and and for Jessica especially and me a little bit I was like all right as long as her heart's okay she's okay when my son grew out his hair he's always had long hair uh, but when he grows out his hair I've had people say you know that's a sign of rebellion and and there were times he was rebellious for sure but where's his heart and we got to know our kids hearts, right? I love what Proverbs 4.23 says, above all else, guard your hearts. And we need to guard our hearts as parents, and we need to guard the hearts of our kids and understand that. Because your kid could follow all the rules, right? Never get in trouble, <laughs> uh, but their heart could be far from yours or far from God's, and that's not what we want. We want to know the why behind the rules. And what is the most important thing? It's our heart. It's our soul. It's our souls that go on for eternity, right? And that's where we want to do that. So the idea is how do we cultivate a situation where our kids can have a soft heart? How do we do that? Well, let's go back to Deuteronomy 6, 7 through 8 and 9. It says, impress these things on your children. Talk about them when you sit and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. In other words, day in and day out, let's talk about these commands. Talk about these things that are important. Tie them as symbols on your hand. Bind them on your forehead, right? Write them on the door frames of your house as on your gates. What is this talking about? It's talking about keeping these instructions before your kids and understanding their heart in the meantime. I love this. And I, was, I wrote a few things here that we can talk about. And, and the first is the way we talk in our homes, right? The way our language that we use is really important. And how we talk and the, the different phrases we use. And, and I was even thinking the last couple days when my dad's at home, he's sitting at our table and he'll say things and I think, man, I remember when you used to say the same exact thing when I was growing up. And, uh, and those, and, and oftentimes it was, you know, praise the Lord 
Lord or, or you know, God is so good or, or whatever. And it was, it was moments like that. Our language, the way we speak is important. Another thing in regards to impressing things on our children in regards to their hearts, we need to tell our kids stories, our stories. I love, uh, how many times have we talked, Mom, about your growing up in high school and how revival was breaking out in your high school and how my mom was a part of that. And, and I, we would say, Mom, tell us that story again. Or my dad's story. His family was going up north and they saw the northern lights and they pulled over, got out of the car, and they're worshiping God on the side of the highway. <laughs> I mean, I, can you even imagine? Like, but, but I've heard that story over and over. And again, that touches a child's heart, and it's so important. Or when my dad was filled with the Holy Spirit, and he's dancing all over the, the, the front of the stage. My, Grandpa Zoltan has told me that story so many times. I love that. And can I just encourage all the parents that are in the room? You have a story, and you need to share your story. Tell your kids when you got saved and what you were saved from and delivered. Obviously, you do that in, in appropriate uh, times, but in, with appropriate measures. Talk about God's protection over your life, because those stories will touch your kids' lives. Another thing, not only stories and the language that we use, but devotion is important. We are, I talked with my daughter, Reagan, this week, and she was, uh, she, I was talking about my message a little bit, and she said, man, one of the things I remember is that we did devotions together when my kids were young, and we do those almost every night. And I mean, it was, it was pretty important to us. And then as our kids grew, I remember when Reagan started doing her own devotions. I remember when Logan started doing his own devotions, and they had seen Jessica and me spend time with God's Word. In fact, I often will say Jessica has wore a place out in our couch where she sits and prays and reads Scripture, and I love that. And so they've seen that as an example, and I saw that even in my own dad. Uh, I remember my dad, he was up early and off to work, but he would leave his Bible, and oftentimes he would leave, he would handwrite a Scripture verse for me or for one of my sisters, and those were treasured moments. Our devotion, it makes a difference. It helps touch the heart of our kids. And then the last thing, it's a necessary evil. Families need family meetings at different times to talk about hard stuff, whether it's discipline issues or just encouragement or other indoctrinating type of conversations, but you get together, you deal with the conflict, you deal with the issues, and you do that in love. A few years back, my, it was just the four of us around our table, and, uh, and I remember uh, there was something that really got me, uh, got my blood boiling, and I don't remember exactly what it was. I mentioned it first service. Do you remember? Not that we'd bring it up. Um, I'm not going to give you a mic to talk about it, but anyway... But I remember, I was like, man, like, come on, we need to respect everyone always. And I, and I was like, respect everyone always. And I, I got pretty passionate about it. And, uh, and I even said in the moment, and, I, and not that this would ever happen because I'm not a big fan of tattoos, but, uh, but, but they, he, I said, if I ever got a tattoo, I would put respect everyone always. <laughs> and, uh, and my kids have remembered that and have brought that up so many times. And uh, it was one of those family meetings that we'll never forget. But again, it helps touch the heart 
of our kids. See, we're trying to raise great adults, not just good kids. And it does take good instruction, and it takes us being intentional about our child's heart. Now, is there a guarantee when we were raising our kids? Uh, no, right? See, the culture that we live in today, and really it's been always, there's always been a sin nature, but it's like an undertow in the water. And we don't just let our kids go out and swim in the undertow uh, without being prepared or understanding. And the same is true with the world we live in. And the hard thing is sometimes is that our kids, they have free will just like you and I do. And sometimes our kids make bad choices. Sometimes our kids will turn to violence or turn to stealing or turn to lying or cheating. Whether our kids are under pressure for some reason, they make bad choices, or they're hanging around the wrong friends, or they're stressed out because of school or academics or sports, or sometimes our kids are just seeking attention. It's unfortunate, just like it is for us, but sometimes our kids make hard choices, and sometimes our kids' hearts get hardened in a season. And that certainly happened with us, and I've shared bits and pieces of this uh, of, with Logan, uh, Logan's story. This goes back to three or four years ago now. Um, he's, he's doing great now, but there was a season where his heart was really hard, and, and there was a time where uh, he got busted uh, doing something and with his buddies, and I felt like the Lord told me to take Logan to those parents and have Logan apologize to the parents for introducing uh, these kids to this inappropriate behavior. Behavior. And, uh, and I remember it was the worst parenting moment and maybe one of the best parenting moments, but I was like sick to my stomach. And Logan, and we talked about it this week, he was, he's like, yeah, that didn't really affect me at all <laughs> at the time. He was like, he was stone cold. His heart was cold at that point. And it was difficult. And I remember, and so we started putting the pressure on even more, saying, no, we're going to talk about his heart. We're going to, uh, I remember limiting what he could listen to. We'd let him listen to two or three worship songs, uh, and that was it. I'm like, if I hear anything else coming out of your room, and we took his earbuds away. I mean, we were like, it, like we took it really serious, and the Lord, over time, started working on his life, and he surrendered, and uh, it was, you know, to God be the glory, and he's serving this morning, playing drums, and it was pretty cool. But uh, anyway, I love you, buddy. And you're, it's great. But there's no guarantees, right? And I, and I say that because there's a lot of families here that you've got prodigal sons and daughters. Or you've got situations where your kids are even estranged. They don't even want anything to do with you. Between services, uh, a, a gentleman uh, that's newer to church here, he was sharing with me. He said, yeah, my, my, uh, my daughter, I haven't seen her in years, and she says that we messed up her life. And I'm like, you're kidding. And, and they grew up in church, and, and it, it, things happen, and it's hard. So what do we do? You look to Jesus, and he doesn't speak about parenting. Well, not directly, but he does give us an idea of how to parent and how to make it. He gives us a new commandment. It's the North Star. It's the guiding light, the special sauce, so to speak. And as parents, we have got to parent with love as the priority. If you don't love well, our kids are going to struggle. 
But raising great adults, we do it with love. Matthew 22, uh, Jesus is asked, Teacher, what's the most important commandment in the law of Moses? And Jesus comes back and says, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, right? And then the second is to it, like it, love your neighbor as yourself. All of the law, everything that happened in Deuteronomy 5 and all throughout the rest of Numbers and Deuteronomies, all the laws that are listed in the Old Testament, are, are, uh, all the things that de were demanded by the prophets are based on these two commands. On these two commands depend all the law and the prophets. You say, okay, that's a big deal to love, and we want to do that well. And so I was thinking this last week, as I was praying, what if we took the idea of parenting great adults and looked at one of the best set of verses, 1 Corinthians 13, the love chapter, with, that eye, with those eye goggles on and to look at that, and that's what I want to do as we start to close here. 1 Corinthians 13 says, love is patient. How many know parenting takes some patience? We've got to adjust our pace to match our kids' pace. You would never drag a little kid and expect him to keep up with you uh, at, a, at a, an adult's pace if you're walking through the mall. No, you hold their hand and you slow down and you move at their speed, right? And they're curious, they're stopping, looking at things. And you just do that. You do that with little kids and as you grow, that's just the way it is. But love... It takes some patience. Parenting takes some serious patience. It just does. The next thing it says, parenting or love is kind. Parents, we should be kind to our kids. One person said, kindness is loaning your strength to your kids. We don't remind our kids of their weakness. We want to celebrate their strengths. And we let the, let the world remind your kids of their weaknesses. But as parents, we should stand with our kids and be kind. It says love does not envy or boast. It's not arrogant or rude. Parenting are none of those things. And in light of that, I just want to say, I know I said it earlier, our words, our, they are weighty. What we say really matters. And so when we talk about envy or boastful or proud, no, we want to let others shine. And we want to keep sarcasm at a zero, right? There's never a place for sarcasm when raising your kids. Your kids don't need you to be sarcastic. Your kids, parenting, we should rejoice in the truth, right? Let's keep on going. It says, is rejoice, you don't rejoice in wrongdoing. Does not insist on their own way. Love is not irritable or resentful. The best parenting, you don't get irritable. You don't get resentful. And I know these are tough things to, to acknowledge. Love rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Let's put parenting there. Parenting bears all things, believes all things, believes the best, right? They hope all things, endures. How many have had to endure as parents, right? Even when they're young, all the way to, through adult parenting, it's just, there's an endurance there. And then it says, love never fails. And I just want, I, I just want you to know that, that parents, we can do this. We can love our kids well. 
we can raise great adults. And if our kids are already adults and they're, they're walking with the Lord, it's a blessing. If they're not walking from the Lord or with the Lord, then we pray and we love them well. We can raise great adults. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for this morning. I thank you that you've challenged us in your word to give good instruction but also to be mindful of the hearts of our kids. To pass these things on from generation to generation to generation. And also, Lord, to understand that we do that with gratitude. We do it with love. And Lord, today I just pray that you'd capture the heart of every father, every mother here, and future parents and grab the hearts of the kids today as well. Lord, we thank you. Lord, I pray that the fathers would be the priests of their homes. Stand up and be God honoring. Lord, strengthen us for the tasks at hand. And Lord, when things are tough, when, when life gets hard, and when parenting gets tough, Lord, we fall back on your character, love. your head bowed and eyes closed in the room, I'm just curious if there's anyone here today that doesn't know Jesus as your personal Savior. I know this message wasn't a salvation message, but as parents, uh, if your parents are here or if you have parents that are godly, they are praying for you to have a relationship with Jesus because they know the importance of that. And if you're here today and you don't have a relationship with the Lord, I want to just offer you the free gift of salvation. And I'm curious, is there anyone here? Just raise your hand. I'm not going to embarrass you, but I do want to pray with you. Who needs Jesus this morning to save them? Maybe you're a prodigal son or a daughter, and you're away from the Lord. Maybe you served God at one time, but you're saying, man, I need to come back to the Lord. Would you just raise your hand? Who's here? Second service would respond to a salvation call. Anyone at all? All right. Any hands? Am I missing? All right. All right, I don't see any hands. Let's keep our heads bowed, eyes closed for another moment. I'm curious if there are any parents or grandparents or great-grandparents here that you have prodigal sons or daughters and you would like to pray for them this morning as well. Would you just slip up your hand? even in the best of families. Yeah. I want to pray for those. And as I pray, I'm going to ask uh, uh, the Lord to, to be with us as we journey through this life. Lord, I pray this morning. Lord, that you'd give us strength. Lord, I pray for those in the room that have family members that are away from you prodigal sons and daughters, maybe an estranged relationship. And Lord, I pray that they will not lose hope that things could change, that things will change in Jesus' name. Sons and daughters coming home, coming home and turning to the Lord, I pray. I speak it over this congregation. Lord, I pray that over and over we'd see that a reality. 
Lord, we thank you for this. We give you the praise. We give you all the glory for it. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. And everyone, let's go ahead and stand, and I've asked Pastor Bobby to close out the service today. Yes, Jesus, we thank you. We thank you, God, that you are faithful. Jesus, you were faithful in life all the way to death, all the way to dying on the cross for our sins our salvation. You are faithful in coming back and defeating death and rising from the grave, and you will be faithful to return. Jesus, we thank you for your faithfulness, that you are always with us, that you will never leave us nor forsake us. surrounded by at work. There are friends that we surround ourselves by, maybe even friends whose houses we go to, who are facing pain and hardship. And I pray that you will make us salt and light, that you will call out spiritual mothers and fathers and call the prodigals home. Thank you for listening to this week's message from the Gateway Church. If you'd like to find out more about our church, such as service times, giving, and ways to get connected, visit us at thegateway.church.